Hello there, welcome back once again. Um, this is the Lost Songs of Ireland podcast. I'm the host, uh, Bell Bill O'Brien. Thanks for tuning in. Um, today, with a bit of an interesting uh, podcast, we're going to talk a bit about cows and um, how cows have influenced Irish folklore and traditions. Um, cows are very, very important in Ireland. Uh, historically, we arrived, the, peop- the people that are called Irish now, uh, the modern-day Irish, the Gaels, arrived on the island of Ireland in the middle br- middle of the uh, Bronze Age, mid-Bronze Age. Um, they had bronze tools and the technology to make bronze tools, and they had cows, um, and obviously the technology to breed and keep cows. So from from the very, very earliest days of Irish um, civilization, cows have always, always been a very, very central figure for us uh, because of this. Um, in you know, in, in olden times, in the sort of Bronze Age up into medieval times, cows were generally um, used as a measure of wealth uh, between um, various tribes, chieftains, and kings uh, across history. Um, many many wars were also fought over cows. Um, cows were a typical target of raids as well. With a, if a tribe or a tribe or a kingdom, what was it, launching an attack on another one, one of the first things they do. Uh, would be to target the cows out in the fields, um, obviously depriving whoever they're attacking of their sources of food, uh, milk and meat, and as well their general wealth, because cows were used for trading almost like almost like a currency as well. Um, the Vikings, as w- all as well as this, during the times of Viking invasion, which was over a thousand years ago, uh, you're talking about the year 700-ish onwards, Vikings would very frequently uh, venture into the into the lands of the Gaelic chieftains and slaughter their cows and steal their meat. Um it was kind of the typical Viking raid. There's lots of there's lots of great stories about this um in medieval texts and 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 uh, various other sources. Now as well as a historical importance, cows serve a very imp- a very important folklore um, importance as well. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that and uh, touch on some of the mo- more important stories um, that exist within Irish culture and Irish folklore. Um, you've got the the cattle raid of Cooley, which is probably the most important um, epic story uh, of, of all of Irish folklore. It's, it, it, tr- it truly is an epic story. There's probably as it's um the way I like to describe the cattle raid of Cooley is it's the a- it's like the ancient Celtic version of the Marvel cin- cinematic universe. Um, if you watch any of the Marvel movies, there's about four or five of them come out every year. And what's special about this franchise is all of the movies all link up into one big story. Um, like a few years ago, you had Endgame, the Avengers Endgame, um, and there was roughly like twenty to thirty different movies. Uh, featuring the characters of Endgame, that all that all sort of told their own story, how they led to how they led to be where they were during the Endgame movie. Um, the cat, the cattle raid of Cooley is quite a lot like this. Um, it's it's a it's a it's a big story about a queen a, a, a queen of Connacht stealing a cow um, from the the king of Ulster, but uh, it, it features all of the great characters um in the Ulster cycles 
of Irish mythology. And as well as that, there's lots of kind of magical items um, that feature in this story. And each one of those magical items has its own origin story from a previous story. Um, so to approach the, cat, the, the story of the Cattle Raid of Cooley, uh, the Tarnbo, you kind of have to learn about 12 to 20 stories beforehand so that it fully makes sense. Um, and, in, and in this respect, the Tarnbo, uh, the Cattle Raid of Cooley, is, is the, it's the central story um, in Irish mythology. So there's, that's, you know, there's no, that, that's very important. It's very, very, um, you know, that, that there's, there's clearly a reason for the cow uh, to have its place in such an important uh, part of part of folklore, um, and I, I, I believe that's because the because of the role that the cow played in Ireland for thousands of years previously, and still does today, as a measure of wealth, as an animal that gives food that gives life. Um, so it's I, I, it's not surprising at all for a country with the hi- with the history of islands that, that an, an animal such as the cow would have such central. Um, such a central position within its within, within our folklore, and um, there's quite a few references to other cows in folklore. But um, what I'm going to do now is I've I've actually found, in terms of songs for this episode, I've got a couple of um, kind of kind of random ones, really like funny little funny little songs about cows that I've found. Um, I'm going to play one now. Uh, this is not me singing. This is Paddy Tunney, and it's the the cow that drank the puccini. There's a man in our dahi, he's lahi, and all is one paddy, shin a hen, and we do call. His Hebrew is the cardinal that does exceed all, and he bids all the doctors and owls do he call. For if you were gasping and ready to die, the smell of it sparking would lift your heart high. Then hoist it up higher, close under your nose, and whisper man loves it wherever he goes. We can't have a christening without it at all. We drink and sing chorus, shake hands and sing all. Here's a health to your gossip, should we do them call, and a beauty of ghost that you may meet us all. Now Paddy the rascal of late he has been, with steam and hot water he brewed his pachin. He left it in barrels, I hear people say, till his cow took a notion of drinking one day. As soon as our brandy this notion to take, he first broke the burra and then pulled the stake. She went to the barrel and she drunk her fill, and believe me, she didn't leave much for the still. When she got drunk, she began to feel shame. Says she, Paddy Shinahan, calling him by his name. I'm as drunk as a beggar with the juice of your mouth. But Paddy, I warn you, it isn't my fault. She hiccuped and staggered and challenged him to fight. Swore that in whom she'd let the delight. That his breed was all coward, she told him to note. And she dared him to stamp on the tail of her coat. Next day she woke up with a bad broken horn. She then started to curse the day she was born. She cursed barham and kilty and potting like wise and all the still tinkers and under the skies. She advised all good cows for to mind their fair name and never take drink that would bring them to shame. She whispered to Paddy, she says in his ear, sure you won't tell Una I went from the beer. 
Okay, that was uh, The Cow That Drank the Puchin, or Paddy Shinahan's Cow, uh, sung by Paddy Tunney. Um, so, so it turns out Paddy Shinahan is actually a real person. It was a real person for Open Donegal. Um, he was well known in the area for brewing Puchin, and uh, there's a song about him. I think it might have been one of those songs that was kind of segued into an advert um, for a product. Uh, as often as often happens, um, just a quick a quick note as well. Pochin is whiskey without tax paid on it. If anyone has never heard the, heard the term before, it's moonshine. It's an Irish version of moonshine. So the story of how cows came to Ireland, according to Celtic folklore and mythology, is quite an interesting one. Um, so the lo- the long and the short of it is, one day, a beautiful sea maiden appeared on the coast long, long ago, a very beautiful sea maiden. Everybody that saw her at the beach was absolutely stunned by how, how beautiful she was. Um, there's some some versions of this story call her a, a mermaid um, or a sea maiden. Uh, she would have been from the, from the land of the sea, uh, the, the realm of Lear. Lear is the sea. Um, in Irish, it's the god that represents the sea. So she would have come from the land of Lear and washed up on the, on the shore. And the, pe- the people that saw her approached her, walked down to her, tried to communicate with her. And she hadn't a word of Irish. She couldn't communicate with them at all. So they brought, them back, so they brought her back to their chieftain. And their chieftain was absolutely stunned by the beauty of this mysterious sea maiden that just appeared. And she stays with him. Um... She's found on Samhain. She's found on Samhain Eve, which is um, Halloween, which is the day where the she can walk on earth, can walk um, among the land of the uh, among the land of the living. So she gets. She's brought back. She's brought back to the home of this chieftain, and he lives. She lives with them uh, for some time. Stays with them. Learns to speak learns to speak uh, the language of the Gael, and after, after this uh, she says to the people that um, she'd come to tell them that some that after she returns to the sea, cow, there will be some cows come out of the sea uh, for, for, the, for the people of Ireland. Um, the, ca- the cows that she prophesied were great and strong ox, uh, that produced so produced abundant amount of milk and meat, um, and uh, on he- on hearing this, the chieftain was very, very pleased, very excited about this, and I'm not sure. There's some some versions of the story have him falling in love with her, uh, some don't, but 
the w- one thing they do all have is in common is on Bealtaine, she decides she has to return. She must return to to, to the kingdom of Lear. So she does. She uh, tells everybody in the chieftain t- tell everybody in the chieftain's camp, I have to return to where to whence I came. Um, when I return, you must watch over the watch over the shoreline where I appeared, and three three beautiful cows will emerge from the sea. And ev- everybody goes with her down to the shoreline. She jumps into the water and completely disappears, never to be seen again in the land of Era. And the, p- the people, very excited about the prophecy that she gave her, sit and wait. They wait all summer. Bialtana is in May, the, f- the, f- the beginning of May. So they wait all summer. Every day there's always somebody watching the coastline waiting for these cows the summer goes by nothing happens nothing appears um we get to sa- get to Sauron a year after she first arrives nothing appears at all and you know quite quite dejected the people people of the tribe start to feel like they're going to give up but maybe maybe this was just a trick being played on us by the by the by the she but um eventually the following Bealtaine, there's people down at the shore doing a bit of fishing, and all of a sudden these three beautiful cows just emerge from the sea and wander up onto the shore. Um, these three cows, there's the Bofan, the white cow, the Borua, the red cow, and the Bordu, or the Bordov, which is the black cow. Um, they wander up the shoreline, straight past the people, don't even acknowledge the people of the shore, and they all split off into different directions. Um, the brown cow heads north. The white cow heads east. And, the, and um, no, sorry, the white cow heads east, and the red cow heads south. Um, and each of them uh, make make their way across the con- uh, across islands, sort of just kind of wandering, oblivious to everyone, every everyone and everything around them. Um, the path by which these cows uh, wandered is actually marked still today. There are many little townlands, villages, and hills that carry a, carry an Irish name with them, um, which means the, the the way of the white cow or the, the way of the brown cow or the bl- uh, or the red cow. Um, there's quite a few uh, Baliak Nabo um, that still exist today in Irish place names that were obviously named after this story. Um, and, one of, and one of the more interesting... Uh, names derived from this story is um, Baliak no Bofan, which uh, translates directly to the way of the white cow, and this is the name in modern Irish that is given to the Milky Way galaxy uh, that we all exist in today. So I think that's very, very significant that uh, the name of the actual galaxy that our solar system and planet exists in uh, takes its name after the origin of cows. Uh, in uh, in Celtic mythology, so if that doesn't spell out how fundamentally important the cow is in in Irish uh, ancient culture, I'm not sure what else does really. To be honest, so I have another little song here now. It's a bit another bit of a random one. It's a, a funny local local song I found. It's called "The Cows of Ross Cray," which is in North Tipperary. And uh, this this uh, ballad kind of explores a few themes uh, quite loosely, really. First of which is obviously, you know, the importance and the role of cows in Irish society. 
and it, 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 a little bit about um, the lab- it's there's references to the labour movement uh, that, that was prevalent at the time. The last verse, uh, essentially, the story of the song is there's a there's a bunch of cows that are wandering down and they're at towards the end of their life, and they're off to be you know sent sent to make calf meal, uh, which is uh, a very very unpleasant process, from what I've heard. Um, was essentially when when cow when the cow could no longer produce milk or was you know old, old too old to be economically viable, it would be be sent up there to be turned into calf meal, and the the cows in this story are lament, lamenting that they're being sent to to be to be turned into calf meal, uh, and decide to join a union, uh, stand shoulder to shoulder and just say no we're not going to do this anymore. So I I do kind of like that it's it's um. It's kind of personifying the labour movement that was kind of brewing at the time, uh, around the time that the song was written, but uh, but ascribing it to cows, which I which I think is a really cute one. So here's the here's the cows of Ross Cray for you. Anyway, I hope you enjoy this. I stood on a bridge of a cold frosty morning. Me mind was at ease and me thoughts far away When a bunch of out cows down from Scarif came marching They were off to make calf meal above in Roscray They were led by a carry whose bones were projecting her eyes, they were dim, and she'd seen better days. It was little she thought when she was calfed on Lock Mountain. She'd be off to make calf meal above in Roscray. When I was a yearling on the green hills of Flagmount. Everywhere I went was I got the sway. Now I am old and looked at with scorn. And tomorrow I'll make calf meal above in Ross Cray. Tis well I remember the Bodike evictions. When we kick the old sheriff right out of the way, the peelers all ran when we charged them at Fecal. And tomorrow we'll charge them above in Roscray. The times they are changed, and so is the people. The drovers lie dead and under the clay. The trains and the lorries pulled out of the station. They're off to make calf meal above in Roscray. They were driven to the station, though sad and dejected. They were told to move on and make no delay. When up spoke this old Kerry, saying, don't be downhearted, but cock up your tails and three cheers for Ross Cray. 
Are you telling the truth, says an owl cow from Galway. If you live long enough, you won't find this pay. Let's all join the union, stand shoulder to shoulder, and refuse to make calf meal above in Ross Cray. Okay, that was the Cows of Ross Cray. I hope you enjoyed that. Um, I'm going to finish up with one more little story from Celtic mythology and folklore. Um, this is this is the coming of Lou, uh, which features a very very prominent and, Im- and an another important cow uh, tied with Irish folklore, and it pops up in a few places. Um, so the set the setting for this is after the Tuatha Dé Danann, which are the Irish deities, the Celtic deities. Um, they defeated a race of giants that previously inhabited Ireland, uh, um, Erin, uh, and kind of banished banished the Fomorians uh, to live in the sea or in I- islands off the coast. Um, one one of the kings, the leaders of the Fomorians, was uh, a guy called Balor, Balor of the Strong Blows, or sometimes Balor of the Evil Eye. He was reputed to have an evil eye that uh, he kept a patch on, and if anybody stared into it, they would die. So there was a lot of fear. Balor was a very, very fear-inducing character for the Tuatha Dé Danann. Um, this is this is the story of the coming of Lu of the Long Arms. Um, Lu was a king or a chieftain, however you want to call it, of the Tuatha Dé Danann, um, one of the first kings uh, mentioned in in the in the mythological cycle. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell this directly. I'm gonna read this directly from Lady Gregory's interpretation of this uh, interpretation and translation of this tale, which is absolutely fantastic. It comes from her book Irish Myths and Legends: Gods and Fighting Men, which I'd absolutely recommend every, anyone pick up if you've even the slightest interest in Irish mythology, uh, because she did an absolutely fantastic job of piecing it all together. Um, so I'm gonna read this out more or less word for word. Um, there might be a few things that I might need to explain. And I'll do that as I go along. So, this is now the story of the birth of Lou. The time the Fomor used to be coming to Ireland, Balor of the Strong Blows, or as some call him of the Evil Eye, was living on the island of the Tower of Glass. There was a, This was a danger for ships that went near that island, for the Fomor would not come out and take them. And some say the sons of Nemed in the old times, before the Firbolgs were in Ireland, passed near it in the ships, and what they saw was a tower of glass in the middle of the sea, and on the tower something that had the appearance of men, and they were against it with, bru- with druid spells to attack it. And the Fomor worked against them with druid spells of their own, and the sons of Nemed attacked the tower, and it vanished, and they thought it was destroyed, but a great wave rose over them, and all of their ships went down, and all that were in them and the tower that was there as it was before, and Bala living in it. And it, it is the reason he is called of the evil eye. There was a power of death in one of his eyes, so that no person could look at it and live. It is the way it got that, that power. He came, pass, he came passing one time by a house where his father's druids were making spells of death, and the window being open, he looked in, and the smoke of the poison spells was rising up, and it went into his eye. And from that time, he had to keep it closed unless he wanted to be seen uh, to be the death of some en- t- uh, of some enemy. And then the enemy that, that 
that were with him would lift the eyelid with a ring of ivory. Now a druid foretold one time that it was by his own grandson that he would get his death. And he had at, th he had at that time but one child, a daughter, whose name was Ethlin. And when he heard what the druid had said, he shut her up in a tower on that island, and he put twelve women with her to take charge of her and to guard her, and he bade them never to let her see a man or hear the name of a man. So Ethelin was brought up in this tower, and she grew to be very beautiful, and sometimes she would see men passing in the Corrocks, Corrock is a little boat, and sometimes she would see a man in her dreams. But when she would speak of that to the women, they would give her no answer. So there was no fear on Balor. He went on with war and robbery, as he was used, seizing every ship that passed by, and sometimes going over to Ireland to do destruction there. Now it, now it chanced at that time that there were three brothers of the Tuatha Dé Danann living together in a place that was called Dromnatain, on the ridge of the fire. Gobnu, Samthan, and Cian. Cian was a lord of the land, and Gobnu was the smith that had such a great name. Now Cian had a wonderful, a wonderful cow, the glass gavin, and her milk never failed. And everyone that heard of her coveted her, and many had tried to steal her away, so that she had to be watched day and night. And one time Cian was wanting some swords made, and he went to Gobnu's forge. He brought the glass gavin with him, holding her by the halter. When he came to the forge, his two brothers were there, for Samthan had brought some steel to have weapons made for himself. And Cian bade Samthan to hold the halter while he went to the forge to speak with Gobnu. Now Balor had set his mind for a long time on the glass gavlin, but he had never been able to get, get near her up to this time. And he was watching not far off when he saw Samthan holding the cow. He put on the, the appearance of a little boy having red hair and came up to him and told him that he heard his two brothers that were by the forge saying to one another that they, they would all use his steel for their own swords and make his of iron. By my word, said Southern, they will not deceive me so easily. Let you hold the cow, little lad, he said, and I will go in, I'll go in to talk to them. With that he rushed into the forge and a great anger on him. And no sooner did Bala get the halter in his hands that he set out, dragging the glass along with him to the strands and across the sea to his own island. When Cian saw his brother coming in, he rushed out, and there he saw Bala and, and the glass out in the sea. And he had nothing to do then but to reproach his brother and to wander about as if his wits had left him, not knowing what way to get his cow back from Balor. At last he went to a druid to ask advice from him, and this is what the druid told him that so long as Balor lived, the cow would never be brought back, for no one could go within reach of his evil eye. Cian then went to a, dru a druid woman, Birog of the mountain, for her help, and she dressed him in woman's clothes and brought him across the sea in a blast of wind to the tower where Ethlin was. There she called to the woman in the tower and asked them for shelter, for, the, for a high queen that she was after saving from some hardship. And the woman in the tower did not like to refuse the woman of the Tuatha Dé Danann, and they let her in and her comrade. Then Birog, by her enchantments, put them all into a deep sleep, and Cian went in to speak with Ethlin. And when she saw him, she said that that was the face she had seen in her dreams. She gave him her love, but after a while he was brought away again on a blast of wind. 
And when her time came, Ethlin gave birth to a son. And when Bala knew that, he bade his people put the child in a cloth and fasten it with a pin and throw him into the current of the sea. And as they were carrying the child across uh, an arm of the sea, the pin dropped out and the child slipped from the cloth into the water. And there they thought he was drowned. But he was brought away by the barogue of the mountain and she brought him to his father, Cian, and he gave and he gave him to be fostered by Telta, daughter of the king of the Great Plain. It was thus Lu was born and reared. And some say Bala came and struck the head of Cian on a white stone, and that was the blood marks on it to this day, but it is likely that it was some other men struck his head off, for it was by the sons of Tara that Cian came to his death. So that was the coming of Lu, uh, one of the earliest uh, stories in Irish folklore. As I said, Lou is one of the... Um, he'd, he'd nearly be the equivalent of Zeus in our, in our pantheon. There are, a few, there are a few kings of the gods. They kind of took it in turns, um, accord, according to the folklore. So that should give you a bit of an idea, really, about how absolutely central and pivotal uh, the cow was, in both in Irish mythology and folklore, as well as cultural history. Um, in that, you know... The, our, our, big, our biggest epic tale is about the theft of a cow, and the birth of the, the birth of the head of the pantheon of, of our gods. Um, his origin story is tied directly to a, another story of the theft of another cow. So, um, hopefully, that'll give you a little bit of an idea as to the the, the role the cow played uh, within Irish mythology. There are a lot more of these stories I'd love to go into. Um, perhaps I will another time. There's quite a f- there's 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 a lot of cow-centered stories uh, in there anyway. Um, so I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, we're on the half-hour mark, which is kind of what I was aiming for for these podcasts. Um, I'm I, I'm for for the time being, I'm going to do one of these every two weeks. Uh, for now, just until I've got kind of got my formula down. And um, th- there's a lot to think about in making these kind of podcasts, as you know, as a, a good bit of research and putting it together and scripting and that kind of thing. And I'm still still working out the best way forwards. Um, I hope you enjoyed that anyway. Uh, I will mention as well, I have actually set up a Patreon account now. So if anybody is loving what I'm doing and would like to support me in digging up these old stories and songs and putting them out there for you to enjoy, it would be fantastic if you were to take a look at the Patreon um even just the the price of a, a pint once a month really really goes a long way. There's a few things that I need to spend um, on for this project. I'd like to set up a proper website uh, with all of these together, so that I'd have actually the y- you could you could have the lyrics of the, of the of the songs that I'm digging up and how I found them, which I can't really put into into a, a podcast format. So what once a that's set up um i'll i'll have all my resources in one place so that if there's a particular song or a story that that takes your interest uh, you you can look deep more deeply into it and i'll put all the links and information that i have there um but for now i'll 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 leave it at that thank you very very much for tuning in um and like i said if anyone feels like if any of you feel like reaching out if you have any questions or would just like to support me uh, that would be fantastic. I'm Bald Bill on Instagram. Um, you can message me on there. And uh, thanks for tuning in to the Lost Songs of Ireland. I'll look forward to singing to you in the next episode. Uh, look after yourselves and take care.